New Year, same old shit. I'll tell you this much. It's a new year and same old bitch here, baby. That's right. So, you know, today we are going to come in swinging, okay? And swinging like the conservative dads of calendar gate may or may not be doing. We will get to that, people. All right. We are going to be talking about ideals around women that are both old and new and that are not going anywhere. Number one is, again, this isn't anything new, but it's just heightened like never before, right? This constant ideology battle of what, how a woman should be, how they should hold herself, carry herself, you know, what they should be comprised of and something, the age old tale that will never die. That sex sells, baby. So unfortunately, your shit did not get lost in TSA. Your baggage, all this baggage, it came right here in 2024 with us. So let's get it going. You know, I really wanted to, well, first of all, I will say this. I am so committed to this cause, to you all, to the show, that while the bachelorettes of Nashville are getting jiggy with it down on Broadway at seven o'clock on a Saturday night, pre-gaming the night away in their sparkly bedazzled Shania Twain hats, I am sitting here in my apartment speaking to y'all. So the commitment is so real. And it's also Saturday night because Lauren Michaels, nobody cares about your little show anymore. I'm sorry. We're here at Cancel Me Baby where the cool kids are. And so this is a little bit of an impromptu shoot. And I thought, you know, as usual, I'm thinking what's really weighing on my mind. What am I seeing going around? And what do the peeps want to hear? We're in the business of giving the people what they want. So I wanted to also take a break from the actual like World War III that is upon us and on our head, take a little bit of a breather. And while all of this, of course, is still substantive, it's a little bit, you know, more fun because God help us all. You know, it's the World War of women that just keeps on going. And I thought about even while sh while sitting down to shoot this, I got my handy dandy notes as per use. They didn't go anywhere. Don't, don't you worry. I thought about how, you know, women often get picked apart. Again, how should we be conduct ourselves, act, you know, project ourselves into the world. And often, especially too, when it, when it's come to the whole, like, crazy trans debate and like, you know, how guys with balls down to Texas are now women, like all this stuff I've said before, like why are women always the ones to get fucked with, right? Like we're always in the cultural conversation and in the debate, like back to Gloria Steinem, back to, you know, like all the, all the gals out there in history. And, and, you know, Matt, I thought about it. It's like men get picked apart too in a different way. So I don't want to overlook that, right? Like we're constantly saying like, what is masculinity? What is a guy? Why have guys lost their way? Like, why are they dropping the ball? Like, what's the sitch? Like, why haven't their balls dropped? Like what's going on? Right. Um, but today I wanted to focus solely on the ongoing debate that is women and femininity and where I land on, on all of it with all of these crazy contradictory stories going on right now. And kind of like, I don't even want to say prediction for the year ahead, but a little bit of a golden nugget of wisdom from yours truly. There's so much wisdom in this new weave. By the way, you like my hair. Gee, thanks. Just bought it. And that I'm going to lay on you today. So get a load of this. Come with me on this journey because we are going from bringing back Lesbo, Kristen Stewart's 
to the conservative women calendar heard around the world, okay, to Sabrina Carpenter, like the sex kitten you never knew coming, to Megan Fox and her poetry of broken dreams about men, okay? No, I know. It is it is the journey of a lifetime. Like, come with me on this magic carpet ride, and I will seduce you until the end of time, okay? But, like, not taking a page out of um, Harvey Weinstein's playbook because, like, that's just not a cute look. So, okay, Kristen Stewart nor the Jeff- Jeffrey Epstein files, which, like, is a whole other thing in of itself. I know the internet is having a field day with that. Number one, again, I'm not trying to, like, whatever little sidebar, right? But I'm not trying to downplay it or whitewash it but it's like are we really surprised like big powerful shady people doing corrupt things like never saw it coming um but anyway and also it's like it's it's getting a little out of hand where it's like Heidi Klum's pinky nail once brushed up against Ghislaine Maxwell's purse at a party did she know it's like okay seriously like now you, you, you guys are wilding out a little bit okay so Kristen Stewart again bear with me because we're talking about femininity and womanhood in the state of 2024 and starting with Kristen Stewart coming out. She's coming out and she wants the world to know. So personally, I may have told you the story before, but I can attest to Kristen Stewart's big dick energy. Okay. Because I traveled near and far. No, I traveled to London to cover the set of the Charlie's Angels revival that never needed to happen, but I'm glad it did happen because I got to witness Kristen Stewart's, like I said, big dick energy in the flesh. And that was the only reason that that blockbuster film was produced and came to fruition. But nonetheless, I digress. So I go to London, okay? I'm sleep deprived. I'm jet lagged. I'm basically in the air longer than I'm actually on the set to report on it for Fandango. And I sit down with Kristen Stewart and the two other angels. It's a long day on set. It's a whole thing. We interview all the Tom, Dick, Harry's, janitors, craft services, you name it. And like that obviously was the big event sitting and talking to them. And I got to tell you, there is just something. Kristen Stewart just completely gave off. It's, I, I hate to say this, it's like almost like a dude. It's like that just like kind of swag and confidence. And I was just so, as a, I am as, you know, straight as this little pen here, okay? Barbie's pen as they come. And I was like so taken by her. And I remember after like all of the chaos of the set and the whole experience leaving and reevaluating being like, wow, that was like really a highlight moment of being on set like she was just so cool I know she's probably like a little offbeat and kind of weird and eccentric whatever like things I've seen and this not like super questionable you know outfit or activity choices but it doesn't matter it was just that sort of pull you in kind of like confident give no fucks energy and it just really made an impression on me right and I mean and I've met a lot of celebrities so I tell you that little background and little insider moment because now Kristen Stewart is being praised. I mean, this is nothing new, right? That she's come out and I don't know how she identifies herself. That's a whole other thing. Um, That is a whole other subject in school that these kids have to be subjected to. But she's now coming out for being like in her gay era, right? Her being gay is nothing new. Um, But it's specifically because she's promoting this new movie called Love Lies Bleeding. And she did a new interview and she talks about how it's a, it's a lesbo movie. She plays like a butch lesbian and it's, there's, it's like any like sexy, even like a horror or thriller. It's not a thriller, but um, what, what is it? Like a, um, 
action movie, right? Like sex, drugs, rock and roll. So you have a lot of like, it's a lot of action jam packed. And then in the preview, there's like little snippets of her steamy sex scenes with this like, this like ripped like bodybuilder other lesbian. So she goes on the record to say that there's a sex scene that's going to shock and that watching it just like turned her on really got like really got her juices flowing. And I have to say, I actually really, you know, a couple, a couple little branches off of this, right. Is one, you know, I respect because in this era, right. Obviously you have all of the lefty outlets, like praising this, the best thing since sliced bread. Like I literally, I didn't even know this wasn't in existence. Okay. But I read an article on the outlet called they, so that says it all, but they're just like praising this, like no tomorrow, which is like fine, whatever. But I really appreciate how in the article, in the original uh, interview she did, she talks about like this path to self-discovery and coming out and realizing what she and who she was even attracted to. And she makes a joke in it, how when she was growing up, people said to her, I always knew you were, you know, a little queer kid. And she's like, yeah, because you, you should have seen me like fuck my first boyfriend. Like, honestly, I'm, I'm assuming she meant like crickets, tumbleweed. Nobody wants to see that. And so I just wanted to give a little sidebar there of how I appreciated that, because again, like we're feeding so much into like women's minds and young kids minds when of, of, of how they should be an identity and kind of like forcing things. And I appreciate that she was like, I didn't even know myself. How would I know? at that time. So, you know, kudos, kudos to her on that, because I think that's a really big, again, part of the culture war, the ongoing culture war is how much like young kids and young women are exposed to are kind of, you know, indoctrinated to be and all this. So I really respect that. Cause I agree. I, I'm such a different woman now than I was even a year ago, two years ago. And the things like, it's crazy. Cause you know, my show's all about, you know, being liberated and being in your power and not being, you know, censored or controlled. And there are so many ways, even in my early twenties, when I was red carpet reporting in LA that I thought I was like, so sure of myself and confident looking back, I'm like, I, I knew nothing. Like I literally knew zero, uh, call me dumb blonde. No, but it's like, I really thought and all the things and all the ways I suppress myself in boxes, I put myself in that I had to tap into. It's like, I had no idea. I mean, the thought that I'd be doing this podcast without a bra in what world I would be like, what kind of acid are you on? Like get a life. Um, if I had told myself that back in the day. Right. But anywho, what I appreciate about this is, is like bringing back again, cause all of this with gender ideology and it being like a spectrum and gender's not really real and blah, blah, blah is the art of the good old lesbian. Like, ain't that a great thing? Again, like coming from a straight woman that can appreciate, appreciate hot women, gay or straight, especially again, like the androgynous uh, case dues of it all, but like the art of the good old lesbian and like a woman being attracted to a woman, like amen to that. Like there's something just hot about that. Like by all means, cause I feel like like in the tumult of all of this and where it's come and how it's snowballed into all this, like Polly, this, 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 like, I can't even keep up with it all. Who would have thought like, again, going back in a time portal, like Marty McFly's boxes would be dropping. Who would have thought I'd ever say this, but like the, the, the art of, you know, a woman being attracted to a woman like that in and of itself, um, like bring that back. Right. Just because it's been, it's gotten so lost in the sauce, but even how, 
like the lefty sites like put it in the box of like this queer non-identifying icon whatever it is it's like everybody we're getting to the conservatives y'all aren't safe okay hide hide your hide your conservative dads and their calendars because y'all are up next on deck um but putting like people like chris and stewart in that box when i think especially when it comes like when it comes to all women but like the cool lesbian women i think that there's something really confident and hot and understated about that energy right so you know like no amount of like confining to a box I think can achieve that so that's what I have to say about that and like I said no so going from gay Kristen Stewart on the scene with her steamy hot lesbian scenes that are you know bound to get everybody hot and bothered uh apparently which i hope so i hope to god like jesus actually jesus you are you are coming next my friend um give us something to look forward to in this life so okay if you have not heard only on this show are we going from kristen stewart's gayness like scissoring to calendar gate and the conservative dads consumers of this product so in case you miss it, it's still an ongoing story, but y'all, the conservatives are parting like the Red Sea, okay? Like they just can't keep their shit together. So apparently there's a company called Ultra Right Beer that's supposed to be this big like stick it to the butt lights, right? Like it's pretty self-explanatory. It's pretty much on the nose of what this product is. So they came out with a conservative women calendar and it's called, and it's, it's, geared and targeted toward conservative dads. It's called the Real Women of America. And you have prominent conservative women dressing and like think less Pornhub and think more like hot Julia Child. Like this is really nothing crazy, okay? There are people like Riley Gaines, who's a professional athlete and activist. She's a friend of the show and was on last year. Obviously she made a big splash, pun intended, with her experience in swimming, competing against Leah Thomas. So she's in a red, white, and blue bikini. You have other prominent conservative women. Like one is in a, a, like athletic, like gym gear. One's like, you know, with guns, there's flags, all this kind of, uh, of stuff that you can imagine. Like we love, we love a conservative stereotype. We love all kinds of stereotypes here, right? On cancel me, baby. I'm not afraid to admit it. I'm not afraid to admit it because under every stereotype, there is truth. So cancel me. I don't give a shit. So this is causing the rapture among conservatives, as you can imagine, because you have, there are op-eds galore. And I'm just going to quote one, okay? This is from the National Review. And the title is called On Right Wing Smut. Basically, you have this type of holier than thou morality police conservative that it says this is demonic and says it's every kind of wrong because it's women who purposefully in the way that they dress in the acts that they do instigate men to have lust because lust is bad and adultery is bad and it, the piece quotes Jesus saying that even if a man fantasizes or thinks about a, a woman that that is committing adultery and that is sin even in his head like I was sweating and I felt so guilty reading this piece I was like oh my god I'm burning straight to hell okay so 
Obviously the piece, you know, preaches things like abstinence until marriage. And then once your marriage, you know, having fidelity and modesty and all of these things and says that the most heroic men, you know, suppress these urges and literally quote, train themselves. And then they never do it again, AKA like look at or desire another woman or have eyeballs or a working brain. And listen, I know that I've been a proud Jew lately, given everything going on, but Judas without its fault either. You know, this, this story even quotes the Torah and same thing, how, you know, adultery is a sin, like the 10th commandment, you know, you know, desiring and thinking it in your head, never mind acting on it. Right. So just all of this, like, it just really gives it's and not to be like full of Gen Z right now as a millennial, but it really is giving me it's giving anxiety. It is giving morality anxiety. Okay. Number one, it, you know, again, it's like I'm not gonna be the holier than now. If that's how you want to live your life, then fine. But to be on your high horse and say that this is how women have to act and this is how men have to act, when not for nothing, it's like suppressing all these urges and what's natural and normal what could possibly go wrong gee I don't know I mean I gotta tell you even being down here in Nashville I have never seen so much torment and conflict that my friends and people close to me have with religion with Christianity because of all this like this complicated nature and relationship and all the sin that's been beaten into their heads of what's wrong and, and impulses and what's right and how tortured they are and how they're still dealing with it as grown adults today. Like, I, I don't know. It's like, I, 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 again, this is nothing new and, you know, I don't mean to rag on, on Christianity, but it's like, I'm seeing it with relatively fresh eyes being down in the South where, where Christianity is hold really near and dear. And again, I, I see so many people who, are dealing with the repercussions and are really reckoning with that now. So it's like, where is that really getting us, right? Number one. And it's also like interesting too, because you think about this split, you know, of the San Andreas conservatives. And I think about it, it's like, okay, in one breath, you have somebody like Kid Rock, who's your hero, when he when he shoots up Bud Light cans or, you know, is jerking off Trump. But like, he's also the same man who literally in his song Cowboy sings about women with fake breasts in LA and like fucking around. So that's what makes me think it's like, right. But there's also, again, we're, we're doing a stereotypical generalizing moment that I'm not afraid to shy away from. But it's like, you have like, you know, the Jamie Sullivan walked her member Bible huggers of it all who are holding on to this morality. And then I feel like you have the more, you know, kid rock, you know, yeah, women are hot tits. Yeah. Conservative dudes too. And then something that's like, you know, a kind of normal in between. Um, so that's something to think about, but moreover, what's insane to me and the irony of all this is that, you know, this calendar in a time again, where, in mainstream media, we've been really, there's been the push to kind of stomp on women. I've said this before, you know, I don't know if you guys recently saw, but now apparently U.S. boxing is allowing biological men to compete with women. It's like, okay, if I wanted a death wish, I would go back in time to petty high school drama with braces and acne and mean girls. Okay. But I don't. It's so ironic because Again, this was made in 
like as backlash to that of like, here's what real women are. And yet you have other conservatives being like, this isn't, this isn't helping. This isn't what real womanhood is. You know, this isn't helping the cause of defining and, and honoring, you know, females and biological females and femininity. And it's like, you, you guys don't even see it. It's like, y'all both have this, it's like their own limiting view. Um, you know, in the case of like lefty woke, it's actually lack thereof in some cases, no matter how big your beer gut is today and how low your voice is and how low your balls drop, you could be a woman if you want. And then on the other end of it too, on that side, I've said this before, but it's like, they kind of demonize any sort of hyper feminine, you know, presence that plays into like a male gaze or idealistic standard. So you have that, like their ideals of what a woman is. And then you have like this over here. So it's like, knock it off, you know, both, both sides again, have this, you know, ideal of what, um, of what, of what woman is, of what, of what a, see, it's a tongue twister in and of itself because it doesn't even make sense in my brain, but these boxes and definitions and limiting beliefs of what a woman should be. And yet mock the other for doing it, like make it make sense. Um, so going off of this, speaking of hyper femininity, hyper hot, hyper goals, y'all. I know I'm late to the party a little bit. Is Sabrina Carpenter. I know I posted this to my story today, but this is something again, almost like the case due moment that I never saw coming. Sabrina Carpenter is absolutely blowing up right now. And I have all respect for her. I really want to get her on the show this year. That's a goal of mine because of this. But it's funny because hindsight's always 2020. And I remember being on the red carpet when she was a little baby fetus, first coming, first popping on the scene. And she would be on the red carpet. And her publicist, I don't know if he still reps her at the time, but he repped big dogs like Demi, Selena Gomez. So right naturally, you got to play the game. You got to get in nice with the guy. Me, I never personally rolled that way because- I don't owe favors, bitch. But anywho, um, maybe that's why, you know, my business has not flourished as fast as I'd like it to. I should take a second evaluation on that. Um, but at the time, you know, we were kind of like people around me and reporters were like, all right, what do you want us to ask Sabrina about? You know, like kind of thing to throw to throw a bone in a favor. And she was so wide-eyed and like I said, fresh on on the scene, eager to get any interview. And now you can't even get near her. So, you know, it's interesting because I love how she, and we've seen it a lot, you know, like the sexualization, like we've seen it with Ariana Grande, 3435, or what is the other one? Um, side to side, like Ariana Grande loves singing about a good dick. You know, all, you know, it's everywhere all the time. But Sabrina Carpenter does it in this way that, first of all, she's a lyrical genius. Like she's such a wordsmith and I really respect that. But it's, it's so, I can't even describe it. It's just so hyper feminine and hot. The tiny little skirts, the high stockings, the big like Spice Girls era, don't fuck with me boots. Like it is just a whole goddamn vibe. And again, that confidence, but she sings about all these things like dudes making her eyes roll, like mouthing to her audience. Like I want it. Like she is not hiding it. Right. And I really love how Gen Z actually, the Gen Z surprises me in this way, but that how they embrace her because Gen Z is so like, everything is patriarchal. Like don't be a, don't fit into a standard of beauty. And Sabrina Carpenter is that. Like she is sex kitten personified 2.0 Gen Z edition. And I am so here for it. And I thought about it and, you know, I feel like even if I sat down with her or people who defend her 
or fans of hers, like if I were to point this out, you know, the first thing that they would say is like, oh, I do it for me because I feel really confident and good. And it's like, that's great. Like, sure, of course. But also like, let's not lie, dudes think it's super fucking hot. <laughs> so kudos to that, right? So I just think it's really interesting because I've seen like videos and how women of all shapes and sizes and colors like emulate her and dress like her in little corsets and cutouts and really feel good in that you know that's something that I try to really achieve on this show too with you guys so I love 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 to see that and you know I just thought it was really interesting because I was reading up on her a little bit today and I don't know if you know this but a recent music video she did was shot in a Brooklyn Catholic church and it was approved and the whole thing and once it was released the man in charge, I don't know if he was an actual priest or what happened here, but who approved it. It was like a, a little Brooklyn church version of cancel culture. He got fired. It was a whole controversy. And she actually was hilarious because she was like, well, Jesus was a carpenter. Like what's, what's the problem here? So where, where the worlds all collide, you know? And it's also interesting too, because, you know, when it comes to like Christianity or even Judy, whatever it is, you know, religion and morality and sex, I by no means and some like crazy swinging from chandeliers, a woman on the weekends, like here I am on a Saturday night talking to y'all. Um, now in my private life, that is, that is another situation. Like I will tear that shit up, but all that goes to say, like, I think a reason female, you know, femininity and sexual sexuality, because it's so unique to us. And it's such a primal, powerful thing. And it's so natural, right? And when it comes to music, you know, I've kind of flirted with this idea. Um, I actually uh, brought it up in my interview with Josephina Bashow, which if you haven't, she embodies this 100%. So if you haven't listened to it, even do do too, because it will be such a turn on and it will be something you will talk to your girl or future girl about be like, this is the vibe, but is like where it goes too far. That's another thing, like a little sidebar, but in music. And I really think it's something worth exploring and I want to explore it here on the show, but I've seen, and I've heard, right. Even just my, myself being a modern woman with ears and eyes but how much music has changed and how m female musicians have been so like dis descriptive about their labias and like juices and like all kinds of anatomy. I don't even know that I need to be hearing. It's almost like, when does it go too far? What's just enough, but also not inhibiting expression and what's just for clicks and cells. Um, and then there's another interesting aspect of it, which is like, well, I heard about you know, DMX getting his dick sucked at the strip club when I was like 13 at my school dance or like Lil Wayne's lollipop. So it's like, I pretty much have a graphic image of them. So now is it the women's turn, you know? So, but again, like, is it when, or is it all too much on the whole, like no pun intended, right? So that's a little sidebar of something worth exploring. I posted a story, you know, you talk about women really embracing, you know, being sexual and being hot in this time of the battle and of this intense culture war. Um, but Kanye Westwife, I posted a photo of her. This bitch strolls up into Balenciaga with no shoes, with literally, I don't even want to say nipple tassels because that is being generous. Like th that, they were not even that big. Okay. They were basically paper clips over her titties. That's something else that makes me think again, like I never want to step on anyone's quote expression, but I had a conversation offline about this with a badass bitch who's been on the show before. And she and I were both saying it almost just feels at that point, like exploitative. It's like, 
you know, ever since you're with Kanye West, it's like, so like her tits jiggling through our screens on our heads, motor voting us. We didn't even ask at all times. And again, the irony when Kanye, who again is unhinged for all kinds of reasons, the CVS pharmacy that he is hitting up is not doing their due diligence that day. Like check the meds, dude. But when he gave Kim Kardashian shit, when he uh, divorced her for like not being a good role model for their kids and being too sexy and shit. So it's like, what? But either way, I can't help but think, you know, if he's influencing her in this type of way, because it's like, she's always like, this girl could be at the Louvre. She could be at the Vatican. Like, it doesn't matter. Like they, the t and listen, this is coming from me, right? Like, it just seems again, a little bit like, too much over the top. Do you really want to be this naked all the time? And I'm going to get to that in the end here. So just a little kind of food for thought button on that. So next up and lastly is Megan Fox. And I'm not going to spend too much time on this, but Megan Fox, I'll just say this. She's always somebody for me and I don't follow her that closely. I'm not hanging on every single word the girl says, but I've always really respected how she seemed to maintain that balance of being the tits and the brain. Like, I feel like she's a very smart woman. She hosts that travel show legends of the lost. She's very smart. She's a witty writer. She's well-spoken. And let's face it, she's super fucking hot. I don't know how else to slice it, right? So she came out with a book of poems, a la Emrata. I don't know what is with these women coming out, like these hot sex icons in pop culture coming out with books of poetry. But you know what? By all means, E.E. E. Cummings prodigy, like you got, you got this. Like the poets we never saw coming. So she came out with a book called Pretty Boys Are Poisonous. And I know what you're thinking off of the bat. It's like, here we go. Another male bashing, you know, era, you know, Matt Walsh and Candace Owens already did a thing. It actually was really funny. I got to give it to them, but making fun of it and how male bashy it was. So I did a little digging and I came out of Kanye wife's Bianca's titty cleavage. I finally saw the light of day. I gasped for air. I did a little more digging and I about Megan's book. And she really kind of chronicles her hardships in relationships when it comes to abuse. There's a poem or two about a miscarriage and just toxic relationships and insecure men and all this. Now, the fact that it seems like this, this is a pattern in her life is another ball of wax. Like I am not here to be, you know, a Dr. Ruth today and psychoanalyze that shit. That's a whole other thing. We're just looking at the base of it, right? It's funny because she spoke to, in promoting the book, she spoke to a crowd of women and it was moderated by the editor of Large of Bustle, which is like a seemingly on the surface, yay, rah, rah, feminism um, site that I worked for them for years in LA. And I don't want to bite the hand that feeds me. They gave me a lot of great opportunities, but I've also called them out for like cherry picking and narrative contriving. So do with that what you will. So anyway, they did a panel and it was a mostly female audience. And she says, this isn't meant to be kind of alluding to any famous person. I've dated a lot of kind of people. I'm not trying to cancel anyone. And with that, I won't be, I'll never be canceled. Like I'm not a bad person and you can try, but you're never going to cancel me. And immediately reading this, I'm thinking like, right, you have a women of 
uh, an audience like jam-packed of women who probably haven't shaved their armpits since 2007 cheering this on like we all know the mainstream and the left loves this kind of stuff like why would you get canceled but it's again i guess she's gearing it more towards the right like the candace owen types who give her shit about this and mock it and make fun of it but it's interesting because i feel like you know, I'm the first person to call out male bashing just because like, I love men. Yes. Are there problems with men? Absolutely. Just like there are with women, but I just don't feel like it serves us or gets us anywhere to be male bashing all the time. Like it's only making them stuck in basements and unable to hold a job for so long, ladies, to stick up for you more, to ask you out more, to be assertive more, like it ain't helping our cause, it ain't helping their cause. So I'm not on the male bashing train. And I actually have to say with this, I thought, you know, it if it's her art, it's her art, you know? And I feel like the, the contentious nature of whether it be serious like this or fun and playful between men and women, is something else that stands the test of time. And I feel like when it comes to hardships and heartbreak, I mean, that is just something that is timeless and universal. Think about how many, you know, epic stories, movies, songs are about that human experience of heartbreak. So in that, I'm not going to knock it. Um, but, you know, on the other side of it, it's like there is something in this era of capitalizing on man hating, you know, but I also, you know, if you guys see stories that pop up about this because she's still promoting it and it's a whole thing, you know, take it with a grain of salt. I really thought about that. I'm like, you know what? People shit happens and, you know, not to make light of it, but it seems like Megan Fox, like, you know, in certain times she fucked around and found out with some toxic dudes and not that she deserves like anything that happened, of course. Um, but you know, pain is pain is art and art is art. And in that regard, like I ain't going to knock it, but all of that goes to say, I've watched Megan Fox promote this for some time and whatever it is, it's, it's again, that sort of confidence and how she carries herself and let's just face it. She's super hot. She's sexy and she's smart. I am listening. Like I'm going to listen to her, you know, whether I agree or not, or whatever it is about. And I feel like to tie all of this together, the same thing goes for, you know, no matter how far on the, whether it be like Butch Grits and Stewart or hyper feminine Sabrina Carpenter, or like the edgy rock hot Megan Fox, like I'm going to listen to them because it's something like no matter where they are on the spectrum of not that spectrum, there's a lot of spectrums these days, but on the spectrum of femininity, it's that confidence. That's the underlying thing. I feel like with all of them that it's like, I'm just going to listen to them. I saw an old Megan Kelly clip come up on my feed and Megan Kelly, by the way, stood up for the conservative women calendar. She said, I don't see anything wrong with this. I think it's great. Like people are so uptight. This is why conservatives lose because they're so out of touch and they can't just be like the normal person. Um, but it's funny because I saw an old clip of her bashing the Kardashians basically for this very thing saying, you know, you want people to pay attention to your mind and not just look at you and look at your body. Like you want them to hear you. So number one, it's like, oh, I see. So it's okay when like your base does it. But number two, it's like, I beg to differ. And I know from my own experience, it's like that presence that you are going to sit up and listen. 
And I, especially lately, I mean, it's funny. I recently hosted a big uh, night here in Nashville for a prominent women in business music association here. And you have movers and shakers in the business. You have execs, you have managers, reps, like people in advertising, you name it, right? And I show up to this event to host it. And you have like what you would think, you know, a lot of them like middle-aged women and we're in the South and maybe they're in, you know, business casual or jackets or jeans. And I show up in this, you know, tight fitting, you know, white nipples popping out, a form fitting dress and just having so much fun playing and and, you know, owning the stage and having fun with everyone in the crowd and owning it. And you have all of these women, including the president of the organization, who literally got up on stage and she said, like, Taylor is the perfect person to do this. I had people pulling me aside. It's that sort of thing. It's like when you just own it. I had another event this week, actually, another like women's networking thing where it's the same thing. It's like you can't quite read you know, for me, it's like, I'm always a little bit in my head about it. Right. And and I don't need to be, but you never know the temperature and how the crowd's going to read you. If they're going to be like, Oh, like it's off putting, whatever it is. Same, similar thing. I had this, like, everyone's kind of like in their black and it's cold and bundled up in their jackets. And I come in like, like tits swinging, like Barbie in, you know, my, you know, my, my midriff showing like my pink little sweater, the whole thing. And they made a whole point. They were just like, you are a vibe. And I'm not saying this to toot my own horn. I'm saying it to get to my ultimate point here. And they said, you know, it, what it is, they said, it's like, you're, it's not in your face and it's not too much. It's just you owning it. And so I bring that back to when Kristen Stewart was promoting this new movie in this interview, they asked her if she thought Twilight was gay. Iconic, right? We love Twilight. Guys, you do too, so shut the fuck up. I'm just kidding. You probably don't, but it's okay. So actually, if you did like Twilight, I'd be a little concerned. So we're good there. And it's funny because she did say, she was like, you know, something about Twilight was super gay because the whole idea was that there was this person who, you know, was oppressed in a way and really wanted to like come out and do something, even though they knew that it would be bad for them or that it wouldn't be acceptable. And I thought- that's a really cool way of looking at it. And that's actually so true. So with all of this, I just want to leave you with, you know, in a, it, we're in a time where, like I said, both sides have their little rules and dictate what a woman has to be gay, straight, this, that, whatever. And it's just like, shut the fuck up. So I would almost take a little page out of what Kristen Stewart said and flirt with that concept, right? Like flirt with the idea of breaking out of a box or maybe doing something that's bad for you and or that you think is bad for you. Because at the end of the day, it could be like the most liberating and the best thing, you know, as a man, woman, you know, whatever it is. And overall too, again, like to bring it back to her overall vibes and all these women's overall vibes is that idea of, you know, I've said this many times, but in a world where it's like, everything is so over the top and flashy and viral and in your face and trying too hard. It's just something about that fucking confidence that is so hot that will never get old. That will never be fake news because you know what? Hot is hot and I don't make the rules. I mean, I do, but you know, about this, I don't. True story.